Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of the Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Soka. And I'm James Montemagno. And I'm David Ortnow. we got to add uh, Matt to the end of that. And .NET Maui, because that's what we talk about here. <laughs> we talk about that every podcast, James. Well, it's not November yet, but, you know, we'll, we'll lead up to it. We'll tease it. <laughs> And it's it's no longer mobile development. It's app development. Mm. All things. <laughs> we'll get there, you know. <laughs> Slow but sure. Well, you know, I am super excited to have David back as a recurring guest because not only does David grace us with his presence and his silky smooth voice, but he gives us awesome Don M. Maui updates every single month because you know what? There's like a new drop of Don M. Maui every single month. And I was just looking at the roadmap and it literally says every single month and what's kind of in it every month. And that's kind of amazing, David. Yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. There's a lot of moving parts uh, all the way from the, you know, the, the base class library and the runtimes up through the uh, the mobile and desktop SDKs and into .NET MAUI uh, and Essential. So, so many, so many things happening. Uh, there's plenty to talk about. Um, and there's even thing, you know, the, the world doesn't stop and wait for MAUI to ship. So we've got other things happening as well. This week has been WWDC. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that I upgraded all my stuff because, you know, I like to be on the bleeding edge and I like to be able to let everybody else know <laughs> what's working and what's not. So, uh, good news. I can build and run .NET MAUI apps on the latest Mac OS, Ma uh, what is it? Monterey. I keep wanting to say Mavericks. Was that a release way back Mavericks or something like that? Or it definitely was. It definitely was. Yeah. I also up upgraded to Monterey only because, by the way, because you did. And I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for iOS 15 <laughs> to update on my on my iPhone. So we'll see. Yes, uh, certainly. Uh, if you're if you're doing day to day Xamarin development and you don't want to be blocked, I would not upgrade. Wait a bit for that. Um, it'll be uh, a few few releases of betas, probably around beta three or four, uh, most likely four of Xcode, when we'll ship our first .NET bindings with the majority of the core things covered. And then you could actually start really utilizing that. But as it is right now, Visual Studio Mac certainly runs, um, but you'll you'll find a lot of hiccups uh, with the tool chain and everything on Monterey. So mm. a little caution for the, uh, the listeners. Yeah, you know, we... And we do get a lot of questions often about like, you know, there's a new drop of Android or iOS. Mm -hmm. We've gotten this question for Xamarin for the last 10 years since I've been at Xamarin mm -hmm. and beyond that. Do you want to give a quick, before you go into down at Maui, so I want to give a quick, like, just like what's up with iOS 15 yeah. and whatever and how that works. Sure, sure. So, I mean, the way that we approach it certainly is from a, a customer need, customer demand standpoint. We don't just ship because Apple and Google do things, um, but our customers do expect to be able to be in the app stores uh, on day one, or we like to say ready day zero. So uh, that means we prioritize the most used bits of the frameworks so that uh, Android 12 is the latest stuff, right, uh, um, is out and you can use uh, now. And then with iOS 15, of course, it just got announced. Um, we just got the first Xcode two days ago, mm -hmm. something like that, as of the recording here. So, um, you know, we've done our diff of the APIs to look to see what has changed, what's updated. Uh, early indications are that it's a similar update to last year. 
Um, there's always a, a large disparity between the marketing message and what is actually happening in the SDKs. Uh, so not not a ton of you know heavy new things there. So uh, we will start shipping previews around, like I said, uh, Xcode beta beta four, um, and then uh, once we get a gold master from Apple, we'll turn around as quickly as we absolutely can. Um, the uh, stable release of our stuff, our release candidate, and and then when everything is public, uh, you know, at that point, if you've been following along and you're wanting to be in the app store right away, then it, for you it should be just a matter of uh, recompiling. However, uh, Apple does not. Um, what's the right way to say this? They will change things <laughs> in a release candidate. They will even release multiple gold masters um, and break things in between them. So uh, that happens and we just need to do our best to react to that. There's nothing, nothing more we can do. So um, we, we turn those usually around in just like a day or so. Now the great news, and this is kind of a great benefit of .NET 6, is we will be shipping more on our own cadence and not so much with Visual Studio for the .NET 6 releases of things. So iOS 15, of course, will be out before .NET 6 is GA. So that means that we're going to ship a, a new version of Xamarin iOS uh, to support it. And then that will be supported for customers for the next year. Um, and all will also be shipping that with .NET 6, right? So .NET 6 will have iOS 15 support. Mm -hmm. um, and then when it comes to iOS 16, assuming the cadence stays the same and there's no reason to believe it wouldn't, um, then all of that moves forward on .NET 7, .NET 8, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's a little off cadence. Not everything lines up in the stars so that we can just <laughs> move version to version and everything moves along with us. Same thing with, uh, you know, we, we work hard to uh, be aligned with WinUI and the Project Reunion timelines. It's a bit easier because we're within the same company, of course. Um, but Google and Android don't care what our timelines are. So um, we we kind of just adjust accordingly. So that does not mean, however, that on day one, day zero, that every single API is necessarily going to be bound. So if there are some fringe APIs um, around different frameworks that really like two people in the world use or 10 people, um, those will get bound. They will get shipped uh, for the most part, but they may not be there on day zero. So that's kind of the reality of how we approach things and how we prioritize uh, to make sure that our customers can do what they need to do when they need to do it. Yeah, that's exactly how it's worked for the last few years. So if you've yeah. been in and around, you're good to go. And I'm installing iOS 15 and you can be part of that. And, and I did, I look at the diff of the APIs already. And we'll put a link in the show notes to the, to the wiki page that is there for all of them, by the way. And it looks relatively minimal, which is great, but you know, you never know under that. Well, let's get into some .NET Maui stuff because build did happen and there was a new preview and of course some upcoming previews. You want to get into it, David? Yeah, let's do that. So uh, preview four shipped uh, with Microsoft build uh, at the end of last month. And uh, with that, we had some pretty cool stuff in there. So we have a new Blazor web view, which allows you to host any Blazor app within a native .NET MAUI application. So um, you benefit from all of that beautiful web technology for all of your UI, but you can also augment it with any native UI. And then you get the same seamless access to platform features. So uh, we did a little demo app called the Weather 21 app because, you know, 
how many weather apps have we done over the years? And just, we just keep trying to improve upon it. Um, and so with that app, we actually showed how you can integrate app actions using the Essentials API. Those are little quick links you get off of the app icons uh, from your dock or your start menu. And then uh, we also integrated uh, an icon in the system tray and in the status bar. And then uh, local notifications. So you get those native notifications. So several different uh, examples of how easily you can integrate platform things like that. And then you can uh, do that with a Blazor web view, or you can, of course, do it all native. Uh, it's entirely up to you. And to make the uh, Blazor web view or the .NET MAUI Blazor experience as easy as possible to explore, we now have a new template for you. So you can do a .NET new MAUI Blazor and fire up a, a whole new application that way. It's pre-bootstrapped pre for all the things you need to do. Um, in addition, we, we did update the .NET MAUI uh, templates, and we'll continue to improve upon those as we go here. But uh, a nice new look to it, uh, streamlined styling. Um, so all of that stuff is new. And if you uh, install 16.11 on, uh, this is Visual Studio version 16.11, Preview 1 uh, on Windows, then you will also see those templates after you've installed it on the command line. All this stuff is made super easy as before with the Maui Check tool. Um, I definitely recommend grabbing that and giving it a shot. It's not foolproof, not not you know going to solve every problem in your environment all the time, but uh, in you know for ninety nine percent of uh, developers, it'll get you configured what you need to do, and then you're off and running. Uh, let's see what else was in there. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so we also highlighted some ecosystem things that have moved forward. So, uh, of course, a lot of our applications benefit from using vendor components, um, whether it's uh, Progress to Lyric, Syncfusion, DevExpress, Grape City, um, any number of the other uh, customer uh, libraries that are out there, open source or otherwise. So. Uh, the great news is, is that Progress has already shipped their first Telerik controls uh, that have MAUI support. They're natively written for MAUI with the new architecture that we have. And you can go check that out on their website. Um, they shared that the week of build. We also have blogs from Syncfusion and DevExpress explicitly saying that they're working on their MAUI controls. So that's encouraging. And we have had conversations with them where we've uh, you know taken their feedback and helped guide them. So everybody is um, ready to to go. Oh, uh, I almost forgot. How could I not? Uh, Prism has released their first MAUI package for their MVVM library. So Dan Siegel worked uh, quickly to make that happen. He was also very close to having his font icons and his build tools, I think, ready to go for .NET 6 and MAUI, right. um, but was waiting for some of the image source stuff that we were working on. So hopefully in preview five of .NET 6, that will be ready to go. Um, and then a really cool uh, thing that I didn't expect to see, but uh, I had taught we had talked to GryoKit a while back because they do such beautiful uh, UI controls and theming um, about checking out the Maui graphics experiment that we have, which is essentially a cross-platform graphics library that we're starting to use in Maui. Uh, we're not using it just yet to build controls, but we're using it for our drawing APIs and things like that. Well, uh, the beautiful developers at Grail put together a video showcasing how they took some of their existing Skia Sharp work and recreated that control using the Maui graphics. Um, and so that was really cool to see. 
I was pleasantly surprised uh, that he shared that video with us the week of build. Hmm, let's see what else. Oh, uh, I wanted to call attention to a couple of things coming up just to give everybody a heads up. So 1611 Preview 1 does have some hot reload support in it. Um, however, we didn't really toot the horn that you could do XAML hot reload just yet with .NET 6 because you have to jump through a few too many hoops to make that work. So as soon as that experience is smoothed out, we'll promote that and you'll be able to use XAML hot reload on all the different things. Um, .NET Hot Reload, we uh, premiered at Build, and this is your ability to apply C-sharp changes to a running application. So you don't have to do the edit and continue breakpoint thing. Um, you just you don't even have to save the file. You make a code change, you hit the Apply Changes button, that little fire icon in the toolbar. It, it reapplies that code, and then you do whatever you need to do in your application to re-trigger that code path, and it patches your app, and, and you see the new code. It's really, really cool. Um, that is coming as well to .NET MAUI. We demoed it in some of our sessions, um, but it's, it's again, there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through right now just to make that stuff work for specific platforms. So look for the next tooling release from us, and we'll tell you where you can find those things. Um, but to set your expectation, it's not going to be in the next 16.11 preview. The next uh, Visual Studio that you'll see from us with these features is going to be Visual Studio 2022. A preview 2, most likely, is the preview you'll see that in. So keep an eye out for that. I don't have dates, um, but it will be coming soon, you can imagine, because these are things that are actively in development, and we're, we're building towards the future here. Um, I have had my own sneak peeks at 2022. It's a beautiful IDE, um, so I'm excited for everybody else to get a chance to take a look at that, too. Um, and then final note for you, looking forward a little bit further, Preview 5 is actually not too far away. Um, it's only a few weeks past Preview 4 shipping, but Preview 5 will be coming out in the next week or so. And with that, we are consolidating those WinUI projects down to at least one. And then by Preview 6, hopefully we'll have absorbed all the WinUI projects into that single project so it can be treated just like Android, iOS, and Mac OS um, and kind of get that stuff out of the way so you don't need to worry about it. But it's still there should you need to do anything platform-specific. Um, we are also improving some of the uh, single project uh, run menu options. So we have what are called static launch profiles. Um, so those improvements will be coming to the IDE. Uh, preview 5, uh, probably the thing we're going to feature the most is going to be the animation and transforms. Uh, so those APIs have been finished and they are included in Preview 5. And we also have a handful of controls that have gone feature complete, like Activity Indicator, Stepper, um, I still haven't used a stepper in an application ever, but uh, when you need one, boy, you're glad that it's in the box. <laughs> so uh, stepper is now feature complete and a couple other controls have made it. Uh, we'll see what the team uh, finishes up in the next couple of days, um, but that's looking really good. So preview five is not going to be as big a release as preview four was given the shorter time frame here, but um, it's still uh, got plenty to talk about for sure. And then the final, final note is uh, we get asked a lot about the Xamarin Community Toolkit. What's going to happen with that? Are they going to move it to .NET MAUI, et cetera, et cetera? So the great news is, is uh, we've talked to Javier and Brandon and Gerald, 
um, and others that are maintaining it. And you can already find a branch where they have done some of the initial renaming things for .NET MAUI. There is a roadmap to bring uh, the Xamarin Community Toolkit to .NET 6 in MAUI. Um, so that's underway. Um, the first step is going to be just enabling the control renderers as they are to be used with MAUI, and then the longer journey of porting those things that um, make sense to handlers. And then, uh, but you know, they'll, they'll ship the uh, the early bits. Hopefully, you know, not too far from now, just in, you know, a few weeks, maybe preview six, uh, we'll have a community toolkit we can start using. So, there you go. Lots happening. Very exciting stuff. Awesome, Dave. This is great. It's always great to see progress um, in the in the in the actual SDKs and the tooling, and also just all of the great ecosystem updates too. Really coming along. We're not that far away. Time is moving quick. <laughs> Podcasts are coming every month. The new previews every month. I uh, yeah, definitely will put links to all of the um, GitHub, the release blogs, the, all the stuff that you talked about here. David, thank you so much for coming on and talking about all this awesome stuff. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next month. Oh, I love hearing about all the new good stuff coming in with .NET MAUI. And every month, it gets better and better leading up to November. I'm so excited. So much excitement. Oh, yeah. Same here. I can't wait. It's always great to have David talk about all the new hotness. And also all the community stand-ups, too. They're rolling on new community stand-ups. They said one with Dan Roth. I have a video talking about .NET MAUI and Blazor together and Blazor updates with Maddie. So there's all sorts of good uh, good stuff happening for people to uh, to take a look at. Yeah, and that's the best thing. You can actually see it evolve in real time. So, yeah, totally cool. And, well, speaking of other things that you can see evolve in real time is that every month we talk about new Visual Studio updates. And last month we had 16.10 preview. And that, during the month, or since we last talked, hit live. And we have now 16.11 preview 1. And so this is great stuff. And so I'll just recap a little bit about 16.10. We talked a lot of it about it last month, but just some highlights coming out of it is uh, improved Git productivity right within it. And so a lot of times, I'm not sure, James, on how you use Git, but I just go with the um, with the uh, terminal, with just the command line, because, mm-hmm. well, I'll, I'll be honest, I found the, uh, <laughs> the um, visual user interface just a little bit lacking. But now I'm going to really try to use it and just see how much better better it was. Plus, you know, from the command line, I'm not that great with it. You know, it's just kind of Git pull and <laughs> Google. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. And um, some other cool things is uh, remove unused references. You know, it's like if you have a NuGet package in there, but you turn out you're not using it, just find out, you know, it, there actually will be a right-click option on there. And uh, it'll go through and find out which ones you're not using and then just go through and get rid of them for you. Nice. So you do That's need cool. to turn. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. So you need to turn that on in order to use it. But yeah, it's in there. And there's some new IntelliSense um, options in 16.10 as well, such as um, IntelliSense completion for enums. And you can insert arguments in the method calls. And also, we talked about this last time, um, visualizing and navigation of inheritance chains in classes. This way, you can actually see, all right, class foo inherits from class bar, and it implements interface zeta or Z. I don't know. I'm, I'm bad with naming. So anyways, so a lot of those cool features that we talked about last time are now there. They're fully baked 16.10. But 16.11 is out preview. And um, 
It supports, well, you know, .NET 6 is, you know, continuing to chug along. And one of the cool things about .NET 6 is, as David talked about, .NET Hot Reload. And so what's I love about this is that you can modify the app while it's running. And so, you know, Xamarin developers, you know, we're all spoiled with XAML Hot Reload, right? But now you can, like, you know, take a console app if you're writing that or an ASP.NET Core app and modify that and you don't have to rebuild it. So when, whenever I'm building like a ASP.NET web API, I kind of do .NET watch run, which essentially rebuilds the whole thing. If I'm not, it rebuilds the whole thing. But now you don't have to redo that or you don't have to do that. It just with hot reload, it's going to just take that one little controller or whatever you're working on and just apply those changes. So that's neat. Um, 16.11 preview one is out. Yeah, download it. You can run both 16.10 and 16.11 side by side. Why wouldn't you try it? That's what I'm doing today. And my dog's shaking out and she's like, yeah, let's do this. Um, Yeah, I love the new Git stuff. I use a lot of the Git stuff for always, forever inside of Visual Studio. And since they've been redoing it a lot, I've had to drop down to the command line very, very rarely. So I love the new things that they have, especially the diffing of files and things like that. And it's very, very good. So definitely give that a look. Um, it's very, very cool. Cool. Yeah, I'd totally check it out. And um, well, VS Mac 8.10 is out. And James, I complain about it every time, but we have to do something about the numbering. You know, 16.10, 8.10. Let's, you know, for Visual Studio 2022, let's let's change that, right? Yeah, Can we? I agree. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. I'd I hope so. I don't find out yeah <laughs> so what vs max 8.10 has is a .NET 6 preview support or .NET 6 preview 4 support with it um we also have more native ui uh cocoa controls because um we're rewriting we the team are rewriting um visual studio mac to be more native mac you know yeah. with cocoa even control more so native. it's even more even more native, native yeah for yeah evolving on that and making that uh, a pure native experience and um, has M1 um, processor support. If you have one of those new MacBooks, it has more M1 support via Rosetta. And really the big thing is with uh, VS Mac is they're focusing in on VS Mac 2022. A lot of uh, resources are going that way to make that a, a really great experience when that hits. So yeah, I mean, it's VS Mac Super fun, super exciting what's coming out there. And um, looking forward to, uh, yeah, VS Mac 2022 when that comes down the line. Yeah, it's great to see it continue to progress. Um, you know, more native UI, more support for the different SDKs going on and pushing forward towards VS 2022. We're, we're getting there at some point. I don't know any of the dates or anything like that, but it, it will happen at some point. So I'm excited about that. Um Continuing on in our Xamarin journeys, uh, Rachel uh, over on the Xamarin and Don and Maui team wrote a great uh, follow-up blog. She has this whole series, which is the Journey to Accessible Apps. The first uh, blog that she did talking about accessible apps gave an overview of why you want to create accessible apps, some of the things that you can do today. Uh, She was on the Let's Learn.net Accessibility uh, event a few weeks ago. I collaborated with her. She's fantastic with um, some Microsoft Learn modules. Uh, also, um, with her and Shane, we collaborated on uh, some new accessibility features in the Xamarin Community Toolkit. 
two, which is cool. And this one all talks about, um, this blog talks about screen readers, which is a very key focal point for building accessible applications. So this is really cool because it's very in-depth. She goes through some uh, real-world case studies from the World Health Organization, um, talking about screen readers, what they are, the different ones on different um, platforms, how you use them, um, how you can add support into your into your applications, um, which is a kind of a very natural way of going through the Microsoft Learn module, but then also how to use some other tools like accessibility insights and scanners. And then she also talks about um, what's coming next in Don Maui and some of the accessibility enhancements there. So it's a fantastic blog. And in fact, the .NET new Maui um, templates include these semantic properties which will help developers create even more accessible applications. So you'll see them right in there, which is really, really nice. So it's a great ongoing series um, from Rachel. I really appreciate that because I always, you know, want to make my apps even more accessible. Um, and it's it's just good know, to know how and why and, and what to do. So big fan. Um, the other thing I wrote a blog, because, you know, how often, Matt, do you get a question, which is like, how do you how do you just design good looking apps? Does anyone ever ask you that? Um, the better question is is how often am I wondering that myself? But no, I get asked that a lot too. And um, <laughs> James, tell us how do you, how would I go about making a better looking app? Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a great question, and I also ask myself that question all the time because I'm not a designer. Most developers aren't designers. Often we're given a design and then we go and implement it. But sometimes you're not even given a design and you're just building an app for yourself. So you need some inspiration and you need some great controls that'll support you on this. So I wrote this blog. I should have written this like years ago, but uh, it's called Building Beautiful Apps with Xamarin Forms. And here's the cool part is that you can use some great design websites like Dribble and Uplabs where very talented people make beautiful designs for inspiration. Some of them you can even license and, and get like exports to Adobe XD and other tools like that, like Sketch. But here's the cool part is that there's tons of great stuff built into Xamarin Forms, um, like shapes, material design, carousel view, indicator view, collection view. Um, there's great community controls like the Xamarin Community Toolkit, Magic Gradients, Pancake View, Material Frame, Card View, Shadow, Skia Sharp. These are all things that I outline right in this blog of like to get to, to get you going. And of course, great components from Telerik, UX Divers, Grape City, Sync Fusion, and more to really extend it out. So in this blog post, I walk through some of the things that you can start building based on inspiration, built-in controls, community controls, a great ecosystem. And finally, Javier um, from the team has a great repo that he's been building out forever. It's called Good Looking UI um, with Xamarin Forms. And these these samples that anyone can submit um, full applications or pages or whatever with, and, and there's also snippets too that he, he links to too, is there's all these great samples of amazing UI that developers have built and they're all open source. So you can look at the original design, you can look at the GitHub project, how they built it. And some of them are just clones. Some of them are unique. And I just outlined some of my favorites. So I have, there's like a card wallet, there's an airline application, a cookbook, there's a cake application. And then I also talk about how there's actually an Adobe XD exporter from Kim Philpotts from the Microsoft Learn team and Xamarin team before that um, on how to export Xamarin Forms 
styles and controls right into your application. So the idea is be inspired. Look at what's out there because you can do it. You know, if others have done it, you can do it too. And you can copy and paste some code and, and get inspired by great designs and, and pull it into your application. Sometimes just knowing is half the battle. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. Knowing is half the battle. And yeah, we have a really good community out there who's doing a lot of great design. And you can go out and just get inspired by that. You can <laughs> go to their GitHubs because they open source a lot of it and just kind of, well, not copy, but copy their designs and use it for <laughs> inspiration. And yeah, I mean, a lot of my 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 um, apps really is, you know, stack layout, vertical orientation, label, entry, label <laughs> very very mm-hmm. ugly but yeah there's tons of tons of great great designs out there and 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 kim's kim's um xd exporter i didn't even know about that how 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 awesome is that and uh yeah. i did a learn live over um build time frame and kim actually did all the slides for us and these are beautiful slides. So Kim is more than just making great looking apps. He does PowerPoint slides and are just great looking. So yeah, Kim for all the good UI. Oh yeah. Love it. Yeah. And so James have um, Azure Functions. I know you love the Azure Functions. Nice and nice and short and sweet for uh, creating some web APIs on the back end. But um, oh, yeah. are you familiar with Open API at all? Uh, so open API, I know at a swagger, um, some people talk about as well. Uh, yeah. I know swagger as like, Hey, I have an ASP.NET web API, uh, that I have. And it, it kind of gives me a little, uh, tester sort of thing, or I could use the HTTP REPL too. And it, it pulls it all in. And that's, that's what I'm kind of used to. Yeah. Yeah. So a long time ago, swagger and open API used to be the same thing. Mm. Kind of. Sort of. So Swagger is like tooling and they used to create an open API document and then, and, and, you know, they, they got split out, you know, so I'm kind of giving everybody the whole history here. Now, Swagger's tooling, as you refer to where there's like this test website where you can go to and invoke um, different methods on your API. And so you, you might have seen this, you know, when you're like experimenting with different APIs, like you can do a Git function, like, you know, Git weather or, you know, post to like, I'm not sure would it be kick off a build or something like with app center. So like there's these open APIs that Swagger uses to build that test site. Hmm. And so now that's really just with uh, ASP.net core that we could do that. You could do with other languages too, but you couldn't do that with Azure functions until now in the cloud news. And so over build, we just announced that you can do open API support with Azure Functions. My colleague, Justin Yu, who has been working on that since he was an MVP, um, helped to, then started working with the Azure Functions team. Now he's released it. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. And now you can actually do like Swagger tooling with your open API document with Azure mm-hmm. Functions. And what's neat about an open API document is just JSON, you know, specifically formatted. And so you and I can go and read it. We could know what this um, API actually does by looking at the definitions of functions and what they would return and what they need to be inputted. Or these this tooling, like Swagger tooling, could read it too and actually create yourself a little website to invoke it. So yeah, pretty neat. And you can do it with cool. functions now. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. I like it. I love I, it. Anything that gives me more visual representation, I'm so used to just... Uh, 
I get the command line that comes up and then uh, I see the output and then I'm like, I got to copy and paste URLs and do a thing. And you know, if you, if you got a, the thing is also if you have to pay, if you have to post things, you got to open Postman or you got to do it through this. Like it's nice to just have this nice little UI that can. Yeah, and uh, what's cool about it, it tells you all the inputs and outputs, and you know, like the properties that you're expecting. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you have to guess, you know, like what does this object do? Um, this, you know, the tooling will tell you. The Open API document describes it, and so Beautiful. it's just it's nice. I mean, it's. Uh, it's a helper that gets you going faster. It's just a developer tooling that speeds up your inner dev loop. And so, speaking of build, James, have you did you check out uh, the developer keynote? Um, not Ooh. not Sadia's main keynote, but the developer one, the one that was na- just aimed for well, people like you and I and uh, developer tooling. Yeah, I, I enjoy. I, you know, I spent a lot of time this year because we had Google I/O, Build, and WWDC, which which is this week, and we're recording. I, I this year more than ever, I. I try to chip away some time on my calendar just to bookmark things I wanted to go see. And Build had a bunch of live and on-demand sessions, and I moderated some, and I presented presented one in the learning zone. Uh, but I spent more time this year watching uh, more of the keynotes, some on-demand sessions. I did the same with Google, uh, WWDC this year, and I did probably the most at Build. I watched a lot of videos from our team, uh, from from the .NET team, from the Visual Studio team, uh, from the uh, Power Power Platform team, uh, and just some some general win and some Windows stuff and some other general things at Microsoft. Just kind of get some some know how. So I really enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of it. And the developer keynote. You're talking about the Hanselman one or the, or the one that Hanselman was part of? Because there's there was a big one, and then Hanselman had this like 30 minute breakout. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about the show. I'm talking about the comedy, the sitcom. Yeah. The sitcom. Yeah. It was definitely yeah. a sitcom. It was good. What'd you think? You know, I loved it. You know, just, it was something different. That's for sure. And that's why, I, that's why I liked it so much. It just wasn't a regular session, so to speak. It was a sitcom. And uh, for everybody who hasn't seen it, we'll put a link to the um, YouTube for it. But it was pretty much Hanselman and friends, like, practicing for a keynote. But um, that was it. But <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. Like they are practicing for the keynote, doing all the things that you would see at the keynote, but that was it, you know, and they're cracking jokes and stuff like that. So yeah, pretty neat. It was good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And we'll link to a bunch of videos as well. I created a playlist on the .NET and YouTube that we can just link to and have everything there for everyone. Yeah. It sounds like a great idea and we'll do that. And so then we'll bring up the Azure Service of the Month then, and um, I'm back at it where I used to talk about cloud news and then not talk about the same thing for Azure Service of the Month, but yeah, I'm back at it. And this is a big one, Azure Functions. You know, I used to do the little obscure ones a little bit, but now we'll, we'll do a big one, Azure Functions. But here's the best part about it. I won't talk about all of Azure Functions. I'll just take a little bit about it. And so Azure Functions is event-driven it's serverless. It's totally serverless. And what makes things serverless is that you can scale it down to zero, in my mind. So, I mean, obviously, things have a server. But if it's serverless, if it's not running, you're not paying for it. And Azure Functions, what it does is that um, it responds to certain events. So whether you have, they're called triggers. So whether you have an HTTP request coming in, or let's say a timer, these are events that are triggering that fire your logic. 
on the back end. So that's cool. But the coolest thing about functions in my mind is um, bindings. And so you can bind to like um, a Azure storage queue or an Azure storage account and functions, the runtime takes care of all like the connections and all that for you. And it'll pass in an object that is already connected up. It's already new it up for you. You don't have to do it yourself. All the infrastructure is taken care of for you. Um, like you can do like mm. Cosmos DB. You can um, declare which uh, query you want to run. And the object that comes in is going to be just that one record or that set of records you want for you. These are all bindings. And yeah, that's what I love about functions. Super easy to use. It has the bindings. It triggers off of various events. And uh, we could talk a lot more about it. So that's what I like about these big ones, these big services, is that um, I can reuse them as Azure Services of the Month a couple of different times. So, but that's just a quick overview. Triggers and bindings for functions. Nice. Very cool. Azure Functions all day, every day. Well, that's going to bring us to the pick of the pod. I'll go first. Pick of the pod project, Ty, uh, coming up for some microservices. There's a brand new project, Ty, extension for VS Code. And if you don't know what Project Ty is, it, it basically enables you to build your microservice infrastructure easier. So if you're going to put it in Docker or in some other container or tie in different services, it's ideas to tie it all together. I'm not a microservice expert. I'm learning through some of the learn modules that my team and you yourself, Matt, are putting out, um, kind of introducing different topics. And I know that you're working on a Project Ty one next. So I'm very excited about that. Um, but, uh, but I, there's a great blog on the visual studio, uh, blog or the .net blog actually, which is, uh, I don't know why it's there. I feel like it should be on the ASP.net blog, but project Ty is there and it talks all about what it is, how you can use it and uh, how you can use the extension. So give that a look. If you're into microservices, you know, backends for your mobile apps, someone's got to write them. Yep. time together and you know what may as well be you <laughs> that way you know exactly. exactly what to be expecting and you, you know and if you write it you know what's going to work so yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know what i'm going to uh go right on piggyback on it you mentioned it james that uh nish nish and neil and i are writing a bunch of microservices learn modules and you know what my pick of the pod is the very first one is um dot net microservices for dot net developers or I think that's what we call it, or an introduction to microservices for .NET developers. I'll link to it, um, despite what I can't remember what the name is. It is an intro to uh, microservices put in for .NET developers. And uh, we talk about Docker. We talk about getting an ASP.NET web API put into Docker, including a front end. Um, talk about Docker Compose. And yeah, super, um, it taught me a lot when I was writing it. And yeah, totally check it out. And um, yeah, it's part of, we're writing a one on Kubernetes now, and then we're going to write the one on Ty next. So we're going to have a whole series of um, microservice learn modules coming up. Very cool. Well, we did it. Another month of the Xamarin podcast as we tie in some more .NET MAUI content into here. Let us know what you think. Go ahead and reach out to us on Twitter. We'll put our links to our Twitter accounts in the show notes below. But that's going to do it for this week's Xamarin Podcast, this month. Who knows what day it is? Uh, Matt, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Matt, you have an awesome day and an awesome weekend. You too, James. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.